Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 324, recording date May 7, 2023. Hi, I'm Marty. Hi, I'm Christoph. Is that 324? Is I- it- I think so. Yeah, last week okay. three twenty three because two weeks ago I joked it should have been three twenty three on March twenty three, and it was. I, be- I believe you. I'm just a derp who doesn't pay attention to these things. It's okay. It's okay. I'm Marty, and that derp is Chris. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Welcome. Uh, the the world of pro wrestling, man. It 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 is either feast or famine when it comes to news, really. Uh, and and this is certainly one of those weeks where. Everything is happening. So we're in second breakfast right now? Pretty much. 11 uh, Z's. The, 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 the WWE draft is over. They had a pay-per-view in Puerto Rico last night. See? Uh, New Japan had a massive show uh, this, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, for Wrestling Dotaku. Uh, AEW is setting records. Oh, and they were in our backyard this weekend. So yeah. that's really probably the place we should start is... I'm watching. And no, no, no. All right, wheat story. Yes, uh, it was a, it was, it was a, a lone roughhouse road trip this week, <laughs> uh, as uh, I went to the CFG Bank Arena. Have you ever seen the CFG Bank? What the fuck is CFG Bank? I have no idea. I, I have zero clue. I, even I have even less clue now that I've been in an arena that they've named. Is it like the Crypto Fuck Girls Bank Arena or something? <laughs> I don't. I, I've never heard of this bank until they bought the naming rights to the chicken box. Anything on uh, CFG Bank, but CFG Bank Arena, aka Royal Farms Arena, aka Baltimore Arena, aka Baltimore Sil- Civic Center, aka oh, First Merrick. You taking it back, brother? Taking it all the way back. Down to the uh, Civic Center we go. So CFG Bank. I'm trying to find even like intel on what this company is, and so Come far. On. Nothing. It's a drug front. Uh, Avon Barksdale and uh, Stringer Bell. Uh, Stringer Bell, uh, Back from the Dead. Spoiler. Yep. Season three, Wire. Brother Muzone. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I, I don't I don't I don't know. And um, I never had the you know aside from asking you just now, I never thought about ever googling it because I really don't care. But uh, I was just looking for something to say. I, I think I'm going to be very amused by this if if the short bit I just read is true. Okay. Uh, let's see. One, two. Yep. They have two branches. <laughs> okay. That doesn't seem like enough, um, they, they have enough a Talzoi to... branch, a Towson branch, a commercial office in Annapolis, a corporate headquarters in Baltimore. Uh-huh. All right. They must have come dirt cheap, those naming rights. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, what? That doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Th- was there a CFG bank ATM inside the uh, arena? Not one that I saw. And, okay. uh, you know, that's probably where, where we should start. Uh, so 
Uh, this was my first time in the Baltimore Arena, A, since uh, Full Gear 2019, mm-hmm. which was the uh, the pay-per-view that resulted in AEW getting fined $9,000 by the State Athletic Commission. Yeah, and not coming back to Baltimore for some time afterwards. Right, right. Well, part of that was because the arena was undergoing this yeah. model transformation plus COVID on top of it. Yeah. Um, they had made their home the UMBC Event Center, and based off of the attendance on Wednesday, they were probably going to go back to the UMBC Event Center. Yeah, I did not see anything in the upper levels uh, no, the camera view. They did not open the upper deck at all. So uh, I was I was seated in uh, what is called Section 9. So basically there's the floor seats that were facing the stage, and they have like slightly elevated almost stadium bleachers. seats, you know, bleachers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right behind that. That's where I got my ticket, thanks to the magic of StubHub. Uh, okay. 25 it... bucks got me in the door. So right, I was going to say... Twenty five bucks on the floor. Anybody yeah. day off? That that ain't bad at all. Um, and, bad. and I shudder to think what people actually paid for those tickets. I didn't even bother looking to see what they were. Um, but so you know, if that's facing the stage, opposite hard cam minus the upper deck, which it didn't open at all. So the mm-hmm. two hundred section was untouched. Yeah. Um. The the uh, hard cam side totally full. Floor and the bleachers I was in totally full okay the 100 section you know above the bleachers i was in appeared to be totally full from where i was sitting okay hard cam side maybe 20 percent. they definitely waited to put those on sale sure uh so for a fourteen thousand person arena i believe the final number is something like 4400 not the most shining example of uh of a, a strong attendance I recognize it's a Wednesday night. I read some interview recently with uh, Jeff Jarrett where he was talking about how arenas actually really like AEW because apparently they can't move any tickets at all on a Wednesday night. Yeah. So, like, the fact that they're doing the numbers they're doing is still technically impressive, even though, of course, people on the internet will just look at that and go, oh, they're dying. They're dying. Oh, of course. I mean, the WWE shows will look at any other thing and uh, and and say that you know it's a sign that you know the company's going away, their failure. Everybody will be back in WWE in no time. Meanwhile, we'll, the news we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, uh, and and I will say though there will be an, a semi immediate comparison point as it was announced of all weeks this week that uh, WWE Raw will be at the CFG Bank Arena this coming July. Well, didn't I? I got an email on Wednesday about that, the day of I, Dynamite. I got it on Monday. Okay. Uh, Maybe I just saw it on Wednesday. I uh, so I was just like, oh, okay. I, uh-huh. I'm sure that's completely coincidental. Sure, um, yeah. Also, I will say uh, there was uh, uh, an email going around, uh, which, again, I got. I, I, I don't know how I ended up on it, but I'm on the CFG Bank Arena's mailing list. Okay. I wasn't necessarily opposed to, because if I had wanted to, I had like a pre-sale code for Dynamite and all that fun stuff. But uh, they were doing two deals. Uh, they were doing a... Four pack of tickets for $55. For Raw? For for Dynamite. No for Dynamite. no special deals for Raw yet. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, or my personal favorite, uh, they, they called it a May the 3rd Be With You deal, where if you showed up at the box office in a Star Wars costume, you got 50% off your ticket. Okay. I saw no one in Star Wars gear. 
Yeah. So wow. clearly that did not pan out. I don't know about I mean, four for 55, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, uh, full disclosure, our uh, our buddy Justin at one point mentioned he had uh, some <laughs> some tickets to give away through uh, through the radio station. Uh, he said as many as you want. I think at one point they were yeah. trying to trying to just they were just trying to put bodies in the place. Yes, and of course I'm the idiot who did not text Justin and say, "Hey, buddy, are those tickets still available?" Yeah. I, I I'm weird. I don't feel like I I feel weird about being a mooch. I mean, let let's be honest. In, in the same in the same breath, I was thinking about this. Just before recording, could I have DM'd Bryce? Probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did I choose to? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The easier route would have been Justin. Oh yeah, Justin would have been like, like that, like that yeah. gentleman I talked to semi regularly. Right. Bryce yeah. would have to remember me from a show. So right. Uh, but he did remember me from emailing him years ago. So I guess he might remember. Anyway. Uh, how how was the remodel? How did it strike yeah, you? That, that's that's where I was going to go next. Um, it felt pretty nice, actually. I, I saw some people complaining. Uh, it felt like the chairs were nicer. Okay. Um, more comfortable, less beat up. Yeah, definitely less beat up. Uh, you know, a, a nice fresh coat of paint on everything certainly helps. Sure. The food was a lot better than I remembered. Okay. Um, what was the, uh, just the, the cuisine offered or what, you, what did you eat? Did you get food? Uh, so I popped in. Your boy had to try it. Okay. At Shaq's Big Chicken. Shaq's Big Chicken. Yes. So I did not Shaq. know that existed. Is it like a Nashville hot thing or is it uh, like a Rofo I mean, thing? There's that. There's tenders. There's all okay. kinds of stuff. The best value seemed to be getting the tenders and fries. Chicken, chicky, parm, parm? <laughs> there, sadly, no parm. Apps and zerts. <laughs> but yes, Shaquille O'Neal owns a chicken franchise and uh, they, they put one into the arena. Sure. I don't know why, but I was like, hell, I'll. I'll give that a spin. Yeah, Pretty yeah. Good, good. Shaq knows his way around, around some tendies. Like and Shaq uh, and Shocks, wrestling fans love chicken tenders. Yes. This, well, I mean, come on. Yeah. What non-vegan doesn't love chicken tenders? That's true. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a wonderful treat, and you know, it's perfect arena food. Yeah. Um. So, were there any signature Shaq, uh, you know, uh, strokes of genius on there, or is it just like Shaq's and names, like Bobby Flay's Burger Palace, where like he came up with the the burgers and then you know it never visits the place i, I believe that the the name uh the the nomenclature of like some of the sandwiches and stuff are based okay. on family members okay um, I, I i don't know the deep shack's big chicken lore which i doubt right right uh i just was like <laughs> well i mean spent if if we're getting into lore, he did disappear out of the back of an ambulance once, and we're so, still waiting for him to come back. That's a very fiendish sort of thing to do if we're talking about lore. So I I go wait is Shaq Uncle Howdy? I think I think, I think that was is it. that why he ate shit on that dive because he's just too big. He can't. It's a large man. Large. Yeah, you're nipples. asking a lot for that large man to make that dive. Yes, my large adult, adult. Uh, so. I, I got there. Um, also, uh, again, me using all the, the ability in the internet. Uh, I got cheap parking, too, in the arena parking lot. So I'm Nice. Okay. Just right there. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doors open at 6, because my thought process was, oh, there's probably going to be taping for things, right? Right. Yeah, one would assume. That's how it's been. There really wasn't. Mm. Um, so, so even as recently as the week prior, they were doing tapings for... Dark Elevation or Ring of Honor TV or on mm-hmm. that. Well, news came out on Wednesday, and I didn't realize it was going to take effect immediately. Right. That 
Warner Brothers Discovery is a part of the new deal involving the Saturday show has exclusive broadcast rights to AEW. Oh. Which means Dark and Dark Elevation are done. Wow, okay. So it, there was an actual corporate synergistic reason behind it, not just nobody's watching on YouTube, they're they're jettisoning right. them as the internet and Twitter would lead you to believe. Right, There, there there's an actual theory here. And, and I think that pans out too, because uh, as we'll talk about Rampage when we get there, uh, the uncut version of the uh, the the uh, the firm deletion from Friday mm-hmm. that got uploaded to Bleacher Report, not YouTube. Wow. Okay. And of course, Bleacher Report is a WBD property. Right. Yeah. Not the best of apps, but no. It's no. What but we're the, stuck. The, the synergy continues there. So I see. Unfortunately, that meant I had what turned out to be about hour and fifteen, hour and a half to kill. Yeah, just uh, sit in your chair. Did you make some friends? Did you play a game of Marvel Snap or two? Uh, Did you get back in that game? Games on my phone. Definitely ate food. Definitely uh-huh. checked out the merch stand, which was a weird smattering of merch for far too much money. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I think the only people who were at the show that had merch were Adam Cole, MJF, and the Acclaim. Aha. Uh-huh. Were they selling the uh, scissor fingers? They were selling the scissor fingers and the foam microphone. Uh, okay. 30 bucks for the uh, fingers. Whew. Yeah. Man. Uh, I mean, they were selling t-shirts for $40. So. Might you not. I mean, the, all band shirts these days. Oh, yeah. Like for a, a big national touring band, they're like 40 bucks. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, well, all right, Glory Hammer. You're going to get my 40 bucks in a couple weeks. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the other thing I was very much reminded of is, oh, yeah. Whenever there's a show at Baltimore Arena, and I, and this goes back to my knowledge to like going to WCW shows in the mid '90s, yeah, uh, people will just start wooing, yes, for no discernible reason, yeah, like the like the it was like the Colossus at the uh, Magfest back yes. in the day before they outlawed it. And it's funny you say that because looking at this audience, it was a very Magfest crowd. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, the Magfest crowd in AEW specifically. Oh, uh, that diagram is almost a circle. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it, it, sometimes you can say, "Oh, that Venn diagram is more like a pumpkin." No, this was closer to like a red pepper. It was it was that close. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, it it they're matching. Um, and it made me go, "Oh shit! I wish I had a show to put flyers out for." <laughs> <laughs> But um, always be promoting. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so Did you run into anybody uh, you knew? Did you see Eric there down on the? Uh, I did. He was ramp? all the way on the other side. Right, right, right. Where I was sitting. Uh, he did ping me on Facebook. Yeah, Eric. Uh, and beyond that, I didn't really see anyone I knew, which was surprising because I, I yeah. assumed yeah. Uh, I would have run into at least one person because I knew later you know, looking on social medias and so on, that like, I knew a few people at the show, but I didn't actually uh, run into any of them. Um, anyway, so about 7.15 or, sh- or so, and you would have loved this, Chris, Justin Roberts comes out and do some zazzles and giggles Ew. finger guns. Uh, he has a whole thing he does all evening long during commercial breaks or in between things. Where he like talks to the crowd, he talks about the ringside staff, all this shit, and it raids on and on. Fantastic crowd work from Justin Roberts. That's like yeah. my nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I didn't realize he has his own Titantron video, or sorry, Contron video. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, 
So about 7.30 or so, they actually did two dark matches. Mm. Lowercase d, not count. Right, yeah, in, in the traditional sense. Yes. So it was um, uh, Sky Blue versus Adina Steele, who is a, a area indie worker. Okay. Um, and they did a six-man tag. It was uh, Best Friends and Rocky Romero uh, against uh, Angelico Serpentico. And Nick Camarado, who I guess is now part of the Spanish Announce Project. I, I don't sure. remember. He got pushed out of the whole QT thing, but that's what it was. Okay. Um, right. The women's match was, you know, it went maybe three minutes. and I, Sky Blue go over? Yeah, Sky Blue went over. Uh, the um, six-man tag was pretty much a house show tag, but it was real sure. fun. So yeah. you know, everybody had a good time. I, I did work myself a bit, though, because it was like, if Rocky Romero's here, someone from New Japan back there? <laughs> no, no, there wasn't. Yeah, no. uh, but he gets around. Uh, about eight the best friends are fluid. Oh, what's that? Best friends are fluid. Yes. Yeah. Is Bandito a best friend? I don't know. I mean, he's... I mean, at least this coming Wednesday he's going to be. He's adjacent, at least. Uh, but then the show went live right, right at eight. But right before that, Tony Khan comes out. Oh yeah, not to the crowd. All right, hype um, him up. Uh, he, I think my favorite part was about, uh, two sentences in, he just goes, Hey Justin, uh, how much time do we have left? And Justin Roberts goes, we're going live in 90 seconds. I mean, okay, great. Well, everybody, I hope you have a really great show. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, you're going to love Dynamite tonight. And after the show, you're going to be the first to see some great, uh, Rampage matches. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds about right. And so awkwardly runs back to the back as I, I think he thought he'd have more time than that. Did he uh did he have walk up music? No, no, he just yeah. randomly slopped her down. up with a microphone. Slopped up and I will say he was wearing a suit. While Tony Khan appeared. Yeah. Uh he was wearing a suit. Well, I think he was meeting with the uh the CEO of CFG Bank, I think. <laughs> you need you need a fourth location, bud. <laughs> Let's try to figure this out. Well, Tony, you know, Tony might invest, you know, is the that, that sort of thing, trying to get a Jacksonville location. That's true. Of Ch Chesapeake. Is this like Chesapeake Federal something? Chesapeake Federal. Uh, Hold on. It just popped in my head. That would make sense. Chesapeake Federal Ganja. <laughs> yep. It's a weed bank. That's, that's that's the one. That, that's how they have all that money to put into naming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just getting ready for July 1st. So, so the show kicks off with uh, the eight-man tag. It was Adam Cole, Roddy Strong, Bandito, and Orange Cassidy against Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. Um, it should come as no surprise the faces were super over. Yeah. And unfortunately, when they came out, the crowd gave absolutely zero shits about the JAS until Jericho came out. Right. Everyone got to do the Judas sing-along. I mean... That's pretty accurate. Why would anybody give a fuck about the Jericho Appreciation Society? Yeah. I was hoping maybe Garcia was getting over to some degree. And I will say, having seen the, yep, do, doing the- The doing hand the, thing, the fist the, thing. The fist the, thing. The, the raised fist thing. 30s boxer thing. Just crushes me. Uh, <clears throat> I will say, at least for, for my notes of watching it live, when I definitely, because I haven't gone back and watched Dynamite, like the TV version yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Garcia is a heat machine live. Yeah. Like people hate that dude, which I did not expect, especially considering people were pretty like lukewarm to him as they came out. But like, yeah, he just gets heat like crazy. 
Um, Bandito, super over. Arch Cassie, super over. Adam Cole, super over. But the biggest uh, bit worth noting is how over Roddy Strong is. I mean, dude's been some time in WWE, so... He did, but, like, he's also been on the shelf for, like, a year. So I thought yeah. maybe it would have died well, out for him, but... Also, he spent a lot of time in Baltimore with Ring of Honor, That's too. True. And true. so did Cole. So and You know what? Thinking about it now, I, that sounds like a Tony Khan thing. You know, we'll, we'll have him debut in Florida, and then, then his first match will be the next week in Baltimore. Let's go! You know? Yeah. Just just right down the street, Dewburn's Arena, man. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really fun match. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, I also didn't realize, and it's funny because we've seen him live before. Bandito is jacked as hell. Massive dude. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. sitting next to Adam Cole. Yeah. That was, that was part of it. Like I'm just watching him, like, holy hell, because he did the he did the spot where he kept trying to do you know the the sixty second suplex on yeah. each member two point and like it looks so simple for him. Yeah, yeah, he's a but, he's a big beefy bandito. Yeah, um, big beefy bandit. But of course, the faces end up going over, and no sooner than they go over, Adam Cole runs up the ramp, and from our vantage point, we don't know why he's doing it, and then he just absolutely murks Jericho and yeah. sends him through the 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 back curtain yep. of the announcer's booth. Yeah, um, you can kind of see Gorilla a little bit too, and yeah. you can see. Because you, you haven't watched it on TV, you yeah. can see the security guards waiting at the bottom of the heel tunnel to, to come <laughs> up, and then they immediately start running up. They got the ghost to break up the the scrum. So yeah, that that worked out pretty pretty well there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I thought that was really well done. Um, I th- in thinking about it, AEW has a truly ga- great history of people getting murked at the commentary table. Uh, just just thinking about over the years, like when. Uh, and I recognize Jericho's been a lot of them, but like when mm-hmm. OC just like launched himself at Jericho yeah. when he was doing commentary, like there, if there's anything they've been very consistently good at, it's guest commentator gets murked yeah. and gets set flying in some way. But one thing that I think that they've bucked the tropes on, I don't think the announcer's table has ever been destroyed. Uh, once it was destroyed in the <laughs> Daily's Place era. Um, hmm. and I think it was like before they like made, you know, the, the commentary like booth they have now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Darby put Matt Hardy through it. Huh. Okay. Again, it's only happened one time that I remember. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not been a common trope. That timekeeper's table though? You're fucked. Oh yeah. Timekeeper's table. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, goth girl who runs it. You're, you gotta run. Yeah. Uh, cause undoubtedly someone is going to fall into it. Um, Anyway, then Renee Paquette was backstage with uh, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. Talked about the main event, and uh, there's tension between these boys. Oh, you don't say. Yes, uh, tension that would only get raised uh, as the evening went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to commercial, which meant Justin Roberts talking to the crowd, hitting on underage girls. No, thankfully not. Mm-hmm. Mostly putting over random producer guy named Bob. Okay, way to go, Bob. That's the thing that the crowd really got on Bob and was chanting for Bob. Okay. Maybe he does it to a different person each week, or maybe he has a weird thing with Bob. We should investigate that. We come back from commercial and security is escorting Adam Cole from the arena. Jericho's yelling about it. So Brick Baker comes up and slaps the piss out of him. Yeah, she does. I knew exactly, you know, 
it's fun being watching it in an arena that you're relatively familiar with. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, oh yeah, I know where they are, the loading dock area. Um, and then uh, it happened again at another point. But yeah, uh, she really laid in the, to Jericho too. So that was it that was nice. Was not audible for us watching in the arena, but thank you, Twitter, for making this clip. She yeah. called him bitch Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Blackpool Combat Club were ah. backstage for a promo. And I know exactly where they were, those stairs that they were standing on, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, and, and hearing that actually makes me feel better, because I was a little worried that this and the Omega promo were taped the week prior. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that was... we're getting no BCC? Yeah. Hey, BCC. Come on, you guys. Um, Danielson starts with uh, an amazing bit, which I'm sure had FTR bald punching his television. Where he says, you know, there used to be a legend who said he was the best there is, best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yeah. And uh, that's bullshit because uh, you can't be. I'm the best wrestler in the world today. And if I'm doing my job right, there's people in the future who are going to be better than me. Even this little shit wheeler, you know. I love I love it. I absolutely love that they call him a little shit because it's both endearing and also like a dig at him simultaneously. Yeah. And honestly, that is... I like Wheeler Yuta. I, I've been a, a, a Yuta fan, you know, from the jump in AEW. I, I've been behind him. Go back and listen. He could use somebody to overdub his voice, but other than There's that. that. But also, yeah. I think the recognition that the most that guy can come off like a villain is as, like, a fucking pain in the ass little shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you have different levels of evil in the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, they kind of all have their own brand. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? You got... The sociopath and John Moxley. Yeah, the bloodlust with him. Yeah. Yeah. The egomaniacal nature of Brian Danielson. Right. Audio is just a beast. Like he's he's the the smooth hitman of the group. Right. Yeah. He's he's the one who knows that he's a physically superior being and Even rubs it in your face. He is neither tiny nor Japanese. He is the guy we're like, oh he's gonna do something cool. I know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was just a little shit. Yeah, just, he was a little shithead. A little shit. Um, so Mox, who I guess is just dipping during his promos now, uh, <laughs> talks about how uh, he and Omega are going to have a steel cage match next week. He said, you know what? Our feud in 2019 might as well have been a decade ago. Because 2022 me ain't the same. 2023 yeah. me ain't the same. And I want to see what the 2023 you is. So uh, I, I thought that was a nice little build for the cage match. That's like what, three and a half years ago? Yeah. Yeah. You know? That was the show. That was, yeah, that was the, it was funny that, you know, they were, they referenced or were, you know, that match at that full gear, the first full gear mm -hmm. was the one in Baltimore at that re, uh, arena they were talking about there. Indeed. The match that I did not care for. I had a great time with it, but I also knew you're, you get squicked out by, by deathmatchy stuff. Yeah. Anyway. More so than most. Uh, Soraya and Willow Nightingale 101. Willow, super over. I, again, I know Ring of Honor talent in Baltimore, but still, she never Super was with Ring of Honor in Baltimore though. Not at uh, that time, I don't think end. was she. Was she? Yeah. But well, oh, that was like the William Myers Pavilion era. That was exactly in the UMBC Event Center. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But super over. Um, the outcasts were there, <laughs> at least yeah. to the live crowd. Uh, no real shock that. Uh, Soraya went over, uh, hit sure. what used to be the rampage 
right on Willow. It's now called the Good Night. K N I G H T. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. that makes sense now. Post match, Outcast are beating down Willow Nightingale, and Hikaru Shida comes out. Yes, she does. And in a masterclass of booking, she comes out, has her kendo stick, looks at the Outcasts, smiles at them, and gives them all a big hug. Yeah. And the crowd went apeshit. Yeah. <laughs> Because, and I didn't know this, apparently people like the idea of Sheeta becoming a heel. Um, and I, I was right there with him. I was like, oh, this is this is different. Yeah. This is clever. But it was a ruse because uh, the minute they gave Sheeta the spray paint to spray the paint on Willow, she takes the spray paint, sprays, sprays it rather in the face of Soraya, and then uh, clocks her with the kendo stick. Um, and then... Uh, What's it? Jamie Hader, Britt Baker were out there as well. They really yeah. didn't do much for no. people who were celebrating alongside Sheeta. That was that was a real Sheeta show there, and uh, Britt yeah. and Jamie just had to be there, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I wonder what they use because I mean you can't spray spray paint in somebody's yeah, face. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's it. That's looked robust. really watery live. Okay. Uh, Probably like something from uh, Party City or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, House of Black promo. House of Black. House of Black. Uh, saying, you know, that for some reason they're saying the trios titles are tainted. I don't know what that's about. Because they haven't been defended in three months? Yes. Or something? Uh, I mean, it feels like I haven't seen House of Black in quite some time. Yeah. I forgot about them. Um, but, uh, they introduced the Open House, which is their own set of rules they're selling their spooky mansion in the valley <laughs> they are yeah. um but any three competitors can team up for a title shot so i guess it's an open challenge thing and uh the rules are 20 second count outs as opposed to 10 and okay. three king puts it because there's no mercy and no escape okay no rope breaks okay but then dqs they're, they're still enforced <laughs> All right. What if I thought they said DQs would not be enforced? I was like, oh, right. that makes sense. Yeah. Like no rope breaks, no DQ, and, and you can't take the count out, you know? But no, DQs are actually a thing. So I guess they have like a weird set of rules for themselves. Okay. All right. Anyway, Julia Hart boundaries. us all to the open house, and I'm sure Chris yelled at his TV. I did. I did. Not as much <laughs> as you probably did. During the following match, which was the Trace de Mayo Trios Battle Royal. <laughs> I mean, a battle royal of trio teams is just a clusterfuck, man. Yeah. And I had a moment where I realized the bit I was most excited about was seeing Vikingo and Lucha Bros. Yeah. Vikingo can't do anything in a battle, in a battle, royal. battle royal. No. No, he's very, uh, very limited in his work. Yeah. Um, long story short. Uh, the last people end up being uh, Bowens and Billy Gunn, mm -hmm. Butcher, Blade, and Kip, and John Silver. Right. Silver gets eliminated. Then it ends up being Butcher, Blade, and Kip. Caster had been eliminated by the Butcher previously. Uh, and Billy Gunn basically wins the whole thing for his team, which is not a great look. No, not really. I mean, Billy has a lot of history in this town, but, uh, you know. And it really underlined, again, things I noticed on television, but just get 
further pushed in person? The size of Billy Gunn versus anybody else in that match. <laughs> the rest of the roster. <laughs> Good lord. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a I, I was voice. I was really kind of confused why the Lucha Bros and Vikingo were in this, although it set up something for Rampage. Right. Uh, in so much as they had a conflict with the QTV trio. Turns out Plan B, by the way, is losing. I, <laughs> I have no idea what Plan B was supposed to be. And neither do they. <laughs> so we go back to the back. Rene Paquette's backstage with Sammy Guevara. MJF interrupts immediately. Sammy says, you know what? I, hey, I saw the show from last week, man. There was a lot of room left in that car. Yeah. That's not cool. And MJF said, you know what? I... It's my back. It's it's real bad from carrying this company for the last year. I needed the room to stretch it's a, out. It's a great line. Sammy kisses him on the head and says, you know what? I never should have doubted you. And then, of course, friends don't shake. Friends got a hug. And that was the end of the book. So are they kind of making sh- Sammy a shoot moron? Certainly seems that way. Although by the end of the night, I think he's smartening up a little bit. Well, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> the segment that was... We'll hear from the elite turned mm-hmm. out to be, we'll hear from Kenny Omega and mostly Don Callis. Yeah. As uh, they were backstage, Omega, you know, perfectly perfunctory promo, but Callis is like, I'm cutting the promo of a lifetime about this scar on my forehead. Um, and it's a, it's a gift from the wrestling gods. You got to, yeah. you got to utilize and capitalize. Yeah. Uh, and do you know what? I'm fine with it because Don Callis can cut a damn fine pro ball. And he's why he's employed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, long story short, uh, everything comes to an end between the two of them in Detroit next week. Probably, whoa. <laughs> are we thinking uh, um, blood and guts at uh, double or nothing? Blood or guts or anarchy in the arena. One of the two. Yeah. I guess there has been an anarchy in the arena the past couple double or nothing. So. Last one was the first anarchy in the arena and then the ones prior were stadium stampede. Stadium Stampede, that's yeah. right. That's right. So, same uh, same gimmick. Yeah, same general idea. Different uh, uh, venue. But that I, I assume one of those two is going to be on the paper. So. Yeah. Then we had Wardlow defeating local jobber Logan LaRue. Yeah. Murdered him in about a minute. It was, I don't even think it was a minute. Yeah, if that. Um, as, as his the, his theme music was still echoing throughout the arena. Yes, as it fired up again. As he got finished, post match Wardlow's like, "Hey man, I barely even worked up a sweat. I want another match. I want an open challenge." So he calls out Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. They come out. Um, Christian Cage says that uh, Baltimore is full of hypocrites and morons. He's not wrong. No, no, he speaks uh, the truth. This guy said because of that you know the match is not going to happen in Baltimore. Heat, yeah. Uh, but he said, you know what? The title doesn't belong to Lucha, title shot rather, doesn't belong to Luchasaurus. It belongs to me, Christian Cage. That is a way less exciting prospect. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. So I guess we're getting Christian versus Wardlow, uh, at double or nothing, Ugh. which I'm not super thrilled about. Um, I will say this though, c- because they went to commercial after this. Mm-hmm. Wardlow is the biggest sweetheart in the world. Yeah. Because. Come up and tickle your balls for you. You know what? If I probably would have. have. He might have. Because dude took the time because he knew they were in commercial break to walk around and slap the hand of every fan. And like he went up to the stage and acknowledged everyone on the hard cam side. Like he was the 
you could see he was genuinely touched that people cheer for him. Yeah. Absolute teddy bear of a human as far as I can tell. So that was a really nice thing to say. Great. And the handsome fell out of boot. It it does take away his whole comes out murders people mystique. But you know. He's well, hopefully at some point they figure out how to book this guy as champion because it has not been successful. No, no. This this is the second one where I'm like, mm, I guess. So then we had the video package that was the talk of the interwebs this week as these assholes went to the Briscoe farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I said it before that there is a level of, as someone else put it online this week, there's a level of TNA humor, as in NWA TNA humor, mm-hmm. that Jeff Jarrett got just right. And it felt like we got just a taste of that in this. Yeah. These assholes look like the biggest idiots in the world in the best way. Just a bunch of doofuses. Sanjay and Sodom both shirtless wearing overalls. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett talking about playing with my baby tonight on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> like if you play Wonderwall. Right. That is his Wonderwall, though. And uh, Papa Briscoe uh, trying to talk sense into Mark. I mean, the voice of reason, Pablo Briscoe. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, just really the shot of Sanjay chasing a chicken around. That's <laughs> that's money, baby. That's money. So good. So good. But uh, Jeff Darren on the fucking. Uh, yeah. Know. The right on mower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jarrett and Lethal said they're challenging FTR for a tag title shot, double or nothing. And asked Mark, hey, you beat them. How'd you do it? As the video package goes right the air. Then we had Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson, and this was a tale of three very different crowd reactions. I don't even, I watched the show and I don't remember this match happening. The match was that a good sign? Functory. Like it was <laughs> fine. Starks is over like crazy. Well, yeah, he's a fucking superstar. Juice Robinson, the crowd is indifferent to like crazy. Yeah. But probably the most heartbreaking bit was the lack of reaction to Jay White. When he did his run it, because he came uh-huh. out with Juice and then went yeah. back to the back. And then post-match after Ricky beat Juice, Jay came out from the crowd and went after Ricky Starks to no one caring. Yeah. They've totally blown it with Jay White already. Well, I mean, you put a guy with Juice Robinson, what the fuck you expect to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I... he's not even the main player in the fucking feud. Yeah. Juice is. Absolute bummer because he is a he is a, a a truly special wrestler. Like he is, he's got everything. He's got the look. He can talk. He can work main event style. Like yeah, he is ready to have the trigger pulled. And he's in this treading water feud where, as you said, he's not even the main guy. And it's it's an absolute bummer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get. You know, if you had him as the main guy, then either him or Ricky would have to lose, which you really don't want to do at this time, hence Juice. But still, then just not put him with fucking Ricky Starks right now. Like, yeah, yeah, very, very weird. Hopefully, like, the build, the forbidden door builds to something which hopefully isn't him versus fucking David Finley. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we, we get something we can actually, like, sink our teeth into with Jay White because I think he's a great talent and he's being terribly underused. I know that Tony Khan made a very necessary hire this week. Uh, did, did you hear about Will Washington uh, getting signed? 
No. So Will Washington has been a uh, pro wrestling podcaster for 10 plus years now. Okay. Uh, he most recently- Amateur. Been, he most recently has been doing the show Grapsity on Fightful. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, he is Swerve's real life cousin, but he's got an eye for detail. He remembers all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, he's been- so he's like you. Sure. <laughs> um, he has been thoughtfully critical about AEW. Okay. But he got brought in for like this jack of all trades role. And basically he's going to be Tony Khan's right hand person on creative. And according to what's been said, one no. of his key jobs is following continuity and raising a stink when people haven't been used regularly. Okay. So like he's he's going to be a secondary guy to say like this story doesn't make sense or you know what we really should have I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone who hasn't been on TV in a little bit. But whoever you can think of just you know, fucking Miro. There you go. Maybe <laughs> maybe he will be the one to extend the olive branch and handle things with Miro. But that idea of having someone who's continuity cop and also like someone that so it isn't just Tony Khan talking to Pat Buck and Sanjay Dutt and Chris Jericho about, uh, what are you going to think about this? Um, that's good in theory. Yeah. But I wonder what that other circle of, uh, creative trust thinks about this. Like this guy just comes out of nowhere and gets, you know, put right next to Tony. Meanwhile, Sanjay's been tossing ideas at him for, you know, a year or two now or Pat Buck or, or whomever, Jarrett. I don't know. I mean, Jarrett, you know, probably used to such things happening, but. More on Pat Buck in a minute. Uh-oh. Uh, so then we had Darby Allen and Jack Perry backstage, hyping each other up before the main event. New looking uh, green rooms. Yeah. Um, Darby says, hey, I'm going to go get my skateboard. So he walks out. And MJF gets right into the locker room and says, hey, man, you know what? If you don't want, uh, if you want a spot next to the throne, you know, just betray Darby Allen. You can be my right-hand man. And... Uh, Jack Perry's all like, uh, I don't, I don't want to be next to the throne. I want the crown. I want to be champion. So of course MJF's all pissed off about that. But Darby comes in to see Jungle Boy having a chat with MJF. Right. Yeah. So the tension is raised for our main event, which was the Four Pillars tag match: Jack Perry and Darby Allen against MJF and Sammy Guevara. Uh, if Darby and Jungle Boy won the main event. At Double or Nothing would become a four-way world title match. Yes. This match was super fun. Yeah. Had a great time with it. It, it reminds you that Jack Perry kind of works better as a tag team wrestler. <laughs> yes. Yes, very true. And also reminds you, MJF's really, really good at what he does. He is. Uh, I will say, I can tell you the exact moment that they went to commercial. Okay. Because when they went to commercial... MJF powders out, grabs the microphone from the timekeeper's table, timekeeper's table, and yells, "Maryland is an abortion!" and jumps right back up on the apron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that did not make air. Yeah, <laughs> I had a hunch. And shock of shocks, from there, the heat was off the charts for the rest of the match. He's uh, no dummy, man. He's yeah. got a he's got a high IQ for his age. Yeah, uh, really, really awesome match. Um, there was some like crazy brain busterish move that MJF pulled out that had like a an arm lock with it. I I couldn't tell what it was from TV or from the uh, live uh, uh-huh. uh, you know live view of it, but 
it looked sick as hell. I don't know how it came off on TV. Yeah, uh, I think it looked pretty crisp. But uh, we ended up with uh, Darby blind tagging himself in and hitting a coffin drop on Sammy Guevara, who uh, had been slapped in the face by MJF. So mm-hmm. that honeymoon is over. And uh, he'll Darby... come crawling back. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, match wraps up with uh, the faces going over. It is going to be a four way double or nothing. And MJF was losing his mind as we go off the air. Uh, and then we were off to the races for the live taping of. Rampage. So by the time the live matches for Rampage hit the ring, it was like 10.30, 10.45. Oh, because they had to chain, rechange all the set dressing and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And during that, Tony Khan comes out again. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So, hey, guys. Is he even more excited than he was before? Just as excited. But then he was like, uh, so you guys might have heard we made some history today, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, uh, who's ready to be all in? Let's go. I've learned he just ends his sentences with let's go now. I mean, you got to hype up. If you're trying to hype up the crowd, then that's a way to do it. And then probably what was the funniest bit, he was like, well... As you might know, next month we're we're gonna be back in DC, and we're gonna be where Dynamite started. Who's gonna come out and see us in June? You know the crowd cheer. And, and who was there when we started? And it was pretty much the entire arena. He goes, oh, you you all were there. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he was really taken aback by that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, and it's like, yeah, because at this point, so many people left. Yeah, like 3,500 people from Baltimore were at the yeah. completely sold out uh, debut of Dynamite in D.C. Yeah. Um, it's like 20,000, 18, I don't remember what that is. Something like that. Yeah. 15, 20, whatever it ended up being. It was completely- 85 million people. <laughs> so first match, because they announced the card, it was going to be uh, Lucha Bros., and uh, Vikingo against QTV. Uh-huh. Uh, it was going to be Jade in action. Yeah. Squishing a jobber. And it was going to be Mark Briscoe versus Preston Vance. Preston Vance. Yeah. And I said to myself, well, I know which one of those three I want to see. <laughs> so the first match was Lucha Bros and Vikingo against QTV. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to fucking leave. Yeah. <laughs> No offense, Mark Briscoe. Apparently, I missed a really cool moment where, uh, where like the whole family came out. Yeah, and yeah, everything. yeah. So I'm a little bummed I wasn't there for that, but nah, I'm cool. Um, you see, you see him. You see Mark Briscoe wrestle once or twice. I've seen Mark Briscoe wrestle, and I've seen his family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I knew something's going to happen because in between Dynamite and Rampage, you saw the family come and sit up. Yes. From, yeah. <laughs> Copper Briscoe was escorted to his seat. Um. He's got to be loving this shit, though. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Um, so uh, they did the intros first. So that it was it was right. very much how you saw it on TV because, the, you know, they were already in the ring when TV started. They put right. the intros up on YouTube. Well, the intros were first. And Powerhouse Hobbs' entrance with, like, the blackout and everything is really cool live. Nice. Um, so they come out. Lucha Bros. and Vikingo come out. Sorry, go ahead. I just did the public powerhouse. Oh, thing. oh I, I thought you might have a question. My bad. No. Um, and match was really fun. Uh, Vikingo got to do more of his action, and, and you know, yeah, they teased the 
table six thirty. Thirty. Um, Harley, what's it? Harley Cameron pulled QT off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bummer. But in retrospect, it was like, are tables a thing you can't do in Baltimore? Is that a thing? Mm. I don't know. Um, but you know, it was fine. Even though uh, Alex Abrahantes got murked by uh, by the QTV trio, um, yeah. Hobbs in particular, um, Lucha Bros and Mikeiko really <laughs> seemed to care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you got to get that W here, and uh, you know, if if Hobbs is leaving Aaron Solo in there, and QT ain't gonna do shit, then yeah, just destroy Aaron Solo with the with the, the fear factor stomp thing, whatever they call it as a combo. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but you know, fun match, and that's when I said, "All right, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna get a churro for the road and hit." The- <laughs> so I'm going back to, uh, to the parking garage. Yeah. When I'm waiting for the elevator and then me and one other person get on the elevator and I realize immediately because there aren't that many, mm-hmm. the very jacked long haired ginger also in the elevator with me wearing a suit. Can you guess? Jacked long haired ginger? Yes. Uh, I'm having trouble thinking of a long haired ginger. He was Pat Buck. Oh, does he have Pat on here? He does. Well, it's like shoulder length, but yeah. I kind of pick, I don't know why, but whenever I picture Pat Buck, I picture Jeremy Jam from Parks and Rec. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but, um, so apparently agents don't need to stay for all of Rampage either. That's, I mean, that's what I learned there. Maybe he's only a, uh, an agent for Dynamite. But what was. Maybe what was... he was picking up a DoorDash order, like some chicken parmer like, or something. Like certain comedy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what was most entertaining to me was dude could not more clearly not want to be bothered. Because oh, he was yeah, yeah. one Blair witching it in the corner of the elevator. Oh, like just, back. Oh, like he was just in the, in the back corner. staring at the corner. Wow, okay. But the part I found most hysterical was I think his car was in the garage across the street because as the elevator's going up, he's like hitting the button and looking at the garage across the street. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's no, there's no skywalk, my dude. Why are you in this elevator? I didn't, I didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it was clear he was, he was like, oh no, it's gonna be a fan who wants to talk to me about something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, what, what the fuck do we say to Pat Buck? Right. Like, yeah. Hey, way to book segments that happen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't really have anything positive or negative to say to the guy. I just thought it was funny as hell that not even employees of AEW stick around for Rampage. <laughs> well, I mean, the way it sounds is that Rampage is going to be even less watchable. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, come out this week that with the the whole shift of everything that basically Rampage is going to become Dark Elevation. Yeah. All right, I don't have to worry about watching that now. Yeah. Pretty much. Um but uh they did not show the final deletion at all for the live crowd. So had no semblance of what was going on there. Uh, oh, well, did wave. show any of the promos or anything in between. Oh, okay. Um, so Lexi Nair interviewed Chris Jericho saying right. that he's not going to work Rampage because he need, uh, as he put it, insurances. Uh-huh. Uh, not assurances. Insurances. insurances. Yeah. That'll be safe from another attack. And he said he uh, doesn't want to work in the same building as Adam Cole. Maybe. Hmm. Feels like that happens with other people in that company. <laughs> Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Gia Scott in 35 seconds. Yeah, good showing there, Gia. 
Um, Mark Briscoe was going to be interviewed by Lexi Nair, but uh, Jeff Jarrett's crew, these assholes pop up. They wanted more info and more intel on FTR, and FTR is going to be responding to Jeff Jarrett's challenge this Wednesday on Dynamite. They made Mark Briscoe against Preston Vance. Shock of shocks. Mark Briscoe goes over in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, Lexi Nair then had an interview with Dustin Rhodes that went very short because a Mogul Embassy jumped him. Keith Lee ran them off, probably said indubitably. <laughs> I, I fast forward through this part. I was just, that's like, I watched the opening and then I fast forward through the rest to get to this shit heap of a, a firm deletion. Then it was a firm deletion. I will say, first and foremost, live comment, well, sorry, quote, unquote, live comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a deletion is weird. It is. Very weird. Um, It was probably the least enjoyable of the deletions. Agreed. Except for. Okay. Stokely Hathaway. Oh, yeah, no. Stokely Hathaway was amazing. He was going to watch Coming to America on Matt Hardy's screen. <laughs> He's by, sorry, saying, she is my queen to be. <laughs> I was like, all right, pop. You got so me. Good. You got me. So, and then him diving out of the way of Maxwell and his uh, big wheel, uh, <laughs> or his power wheels. Yes. And I, I feel like the uh, internet is going to get a lot out of him yelling, damn you, Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll pay for his actions. Um, but. Beyond that, it just kind of happened. Uh, I, you know, Hook really only got involved in the part that they did split screen. So yeah. if you didn't watch, you know, his side version or that little side screen, like, yeah. you, you wouldn't have thought anything happened with Hook. I, and I didn't. So I was like, okay, well, I'm <laughs> glad he was there. And uh, yeah, um, Jeff gets the finish with the Swanton. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody hits. Pretty much everybody hits a finisher on Egon or Ego in the in yeah, the ring Egon. on Egon. Sorry. Egon, <laughs> Dan Housen, uh, <laughs> Egon, Eth Page. Yes, um, you know, Big Bill had a you know a couple monster spots sort of thing. He got put uh, uh, the the alter ego of um, um, uh, Isaiah Cassidy, Brother Zay. Where did that come from? Have that been mentioned before? Because I don't remember that coming up. <laughs> Apparently, people just turn into other characters in the Hardy compound. I mean, okay. I mean, sure. That's that's fine. Yeah. And then the, you know, his big, oh, what did they call it? The the deletion dome when he yeah. did his big dive off the roof after yeah. making moaning orgasm sounds. Uh, <laughs> really fucking weird, man. Also really weird, Caprice weird. Coleman was the referee and they never acknowledged. That was very jarring to me as well. Um, you know, I, the fucking Hardy kids and Rebby and senior Benjamin, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was going a little too deep into the lore. It, it was, it was, it was a very Marvel phase four edition of the deletions. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the Ant-Man and Wasp quantum mania of, <laughs> of the deletion series. Uh, so at the end Jeff kind of walks off away from everybody after scoring the pinfall and then goes out into a field where they've dug the symbol, I yeah, guess. The Hardy the, symbol. The Hardy symbol. But then, like, Jeff is, like, surrounded by everybody and just screams, thank you, God, to the heavens. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing with Jeff Hardy? I have no idea. I don't really care, but it, it caught my eye. I was like, what, the shit? what is this shit? Very, very weird, but... 
Uh, this takes us to Wednesday, which is a super packed edition of Dynamite coming from Detroit. It needs to be because they're going against the NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, it, it As it's been called, even by Tony Khan on social media, it's basically a pay-per-view, but on Dynamite. Um, House of Black defending the trios titles against Bandito and Best Friends, which would rule. Yeah. Uh, we get the blow-off for uh, Ana J against Julia Hart. Orange Had that been happening before and I just wasn't uh, paying attention? On Rampage, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Arch Cassie defending the international title against Daniel Garcia. Mm -hmm. A double Jeopardy match between Ray Phoenix and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, basically, the winner gets a shot at the loser's title or titles. Okay, I thought they would just swap titles. So, like, if Claudio wins, he'd be a part of the trio's tag champion uh, <laughs> with, uh, or, like, no, that they're ROH tag yeah. champion. So it would be Claudio and Penta. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. Uh, I, I think this is probably leading to Claudio and Yuta against Lucha Bros, which sure. should be awesome. But Claudio and Ray Phoenix is a match I've wanted to see for ages. Yeah. Because Claudio is an amazing base and mm -hmm. Ray Phoenix is Ray Phoenix. So yeah. this should be awesome. But then uh, the main event is, of course, Kenny Omega, John Moxley in the steel cage. Hell of a show. Yeah. Yeah. That's stacked. Yeah, and a show that is stacked with nothing announced so far is all in. Yeah. Uh, as as we are, we're probably going long this week, folks. Shock of shocks. Um, as we're, we're almost at an hour already. Uh, but all in tickets went on sale this week. People were wondering if it would work out for AEW. Well, could they do at least a half-decent job of filling Wembley Stadium's 90,000 seats for their debut in London, England. This is this is the same Wembley. It's just had some facelifts over yeah. the years. Yeah. So the same, like, SummerSlam 92. Yes. You know, Bret Hart and British Bulldog, Intercontinental, you know. that This is the same stadium. Yes. Okay. Very same. Because I know there's, like, other stadiums. That, it's like Wembley There's adjacent. Wembley Arena. Okay. All and right, it wins. Uh, there'd actually been some people who had said uh, that when they had heard the scoop grapevine that AEW is going to Wembley, uh, they thought, oh, they're playing Wembley Arena. I mean, you gotcha. got it's, it'll probably be easy for them to sell that out. Well, no, it's Wembley, Wembley, 90,000 capacity. And yeah, uh, like the same one Queen played and yeah. Foo Fighters and everybody in between. Where, uh, I mean, countless amazing concerts have yeah. had over the decades. Um, but as of Friday's numbers, that we have not had an update, they've sold over 60,000 tickets and $7.7 7 million in gate revenue. Dang. Making it... How many pounds is that? Uh, I know... I was joking. I'm dying. Don't, uh, please don't. <laughs> but uh, this, this is... If not the one of the biggest non WWE shows ever, sure, and it is definitely nipping at the heels in legit attendance at many of the highest grossing WWE events ever. Yeah, yeah, and that's without subsidies from a government. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> true. So, um, now did they invite the king, uh, the new newly crowned uh, you know, king, to he? He was pretty busy this past week, so maybe maybe he has to just. Oh, okay, he was not busy. Everybody <laughs> else was fucking busy. 
True. Let's be honest yeah. here. He, he did just spend mm-hmm. most of uh, most of an entire day sitting in a chair while other people did stuff around him. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he could have replied to that text from TK. Hey, man, I know you got the coronation going, but we'd love to have you at Wembley. Let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll put you in a, a private suite with some white claws. My own pick. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Sir, uh, but yeah, sixty thousand tickets, my lord. Um, there have been people who have like tried to hack is the wrong word, but you know, use code on the Ticketmaster page to figure out what the actual number of tickets sold so far is. Right, it may be closer to seventy right now. Wow. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of Brits. I would have been impressed. With like forty five thousand, sure, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good number. And you know, the highest number of people they had at a show was, I think, the first Grand Slam was like twenty one, twenty two thousand. So that's the record, okay. So like, this is just blown past that. Yeah, and they've announced nothing, not a single appearance, not a single match. I guess that's got to take some of the pressure off the booking of that. Although I'm sure he already yeah. has the entire card mapped out in his mind. Uh, undoubtedly. And and uh, I do kind of wonder, because they did confirm that All Out is the following weekend in Chicago, if there's going to be something where the main event of All In has to do with the main event of All Out. Right. I'm not saying they're going to do like a, you know, a, a, a tag match main event or anything like that at All right. In. Uh, unless they pull the trigger on the elite against Punk and FTR, which I don't think they're going to do, especially after this week's news. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's like, here's a for instance, if they did MJF and Punk at All In, and then the rematch the following week in like a cage in Chicago. Okay, something like that is yeah yeah yeah. Head- not that I necessarily want to see Punk as world champion. Uh, I'm just saying I could see them having all in go right into all out in some way. Yeah. Uh, but, it, I mean, they have, between those two shows and Forbidden Door, kind of a difficult hand dealt in so much as what main event do you put where? Yeah. Because everyone has talked about Omega Osprey. And it certainly looks like, based off of New Japan, that the booking's going to lead to Omega Osprey uh, for the U.S. title, probably at Forbidden Door. Mm. But Omega defending a title in a main event against a guy from England, yeah, all in, yeah, makes a lot of sense too. It does so? I don't know. Plus, Osprey will cream his pants if he gets to wrestle in Wembley. Yeah, yeah, he's already teasing that he's going to be there. So, yeah. I, I guess that may be a direction that they go in, but um, we'll see. I mean, I mean, you could do Elite versus Aussie Open and Osprey at you know oh, at Wembley, true. and it'll that, that it, true. you know either stem from or lead to. I forget the uh, timing of everything. I guess Forbidden Doors before, right? That's yeah, Forbidden June. Forbidden Doors in June, and that's yeah. in Toronto, um, right? And, and that's completely sold out too. So. Probably an instance where if they wanted to, they could have gone bigger for the first Canadian pay-per-view, but mm-hmm. hey, they sold it out, so whatever. Um, right, that's the Skydome. Let's go. I will say, um, you know, if if you feel like touching the poop, the WWE stands reactions to all of this has been hysterical to me. 
Um, earlier in the week, someone said, oh, they're only set up for 40,000. Right. Well, clearly they're not. Uh, I think my personal favorite take was when, uh, I think it was Russell Tix posted about, you know, oh, it, it's 60,000 and blah, 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 blah. Someone responded, oh, so I guess they're not going to put any effort into the stage then. What? <laughs> what kind of... Yeah, you know what really hurts a show where instead of a cool gigantic video uh video screen and stage, you just see thousands of screaming people. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that is a smooth brain take right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is just sad out there. That was from Twitter user uh TikTok Cross 58235. <laughs> but hey, you know what? That's a great time to talk about the World Wrestling Foundation. Is it, is it ever in World time be Still talk about this. Well, they were in Puerto Rico last night, and if the crowd reaction was any indication, you know what? WWE should have their pay per views in countries that aren't theirs all the time. Yeah, because the Puerto Rico crowd was losing their mind for everything. Not just for Bad Bunny. Not just for Bad Bunny. Everyone was over. I mean, it was true even on SmackDown on Friday. Everyone was over. Oh, that was in Puerto Rico as well? Yeah. Yeah, they did SmackDown and gotcha. the pay-per-view okay. uh, from Puerto Rico. But super over. Um, I will say real quick, just to back on the all-in thing, uh, it was announced this week that Money in the Bank, which is also going to be in England, will have Roman Reigns on the card in a statement that I'm sure was completely coincidental. Oh, yeah. No, he had already been booked for that yeah, months yeah. ago. They, they just, just never announced it. Oh, we forgot to announce it. We should yeah. post that this week. There's no yeah. particular reason. No. Um. So backlash, uh, the thing everyone's talking about is the Bad Bunny, Damian Priest street fight, uh, where Bad Bunny showed uh, he actually can work a fucking match. I mean, we knew it kind of. Yeah, he's been in like what tag matches? The Royal Rumble. Um, but he uh he had a hell of a match with Damian Priest. Yes, there were the shortcuts with every WWE street fight. There were run-ins from there. LWO from uh, Dominic Mysterio from Savio Vega from Carlito uh, Carlito wearing a Puerto Rican flag themed LWO shirt okay uh, which apparently sure that sold the fuck out I was like apparently that was one of the the biggest sellers of the weekend yeah Um, but finish was Bad Bunny hitting a Canadian destroyer on Damian Priest okay and getting the pin Uh, that ended up being the semi-main how do you not headline with fucking Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico? Because the main event was Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. I understand that. Yes. But I fuck off. I'm with you, especially because the main event went less than 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. It was the Paul Heyman booking Roman Reigns special, throw all the finishers, do all the crazy shit. Uh, Brock, I don't know if he bladed or got popped, but he was leaking okay for the finish um so basically what happened was there was a bit where uh brock was doing all of his german suplexes uh-huh cody was holding onto the ropes to try to not be suplexed again sure he pulls off the turnbuckle cover okay brock ends up going into the turnbuckle right and again don't know if bladed or not because he was very bloody yeah um he gets busted open. Finish was uh, Brock locked the Kimura in on Cody, 
Cody is able to post up, pin shoulders to the mat, one, two, three, and fucking bails. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, makes him out to be at least uh, relatively smart. Yeah. Um, Get out of Dodge, man. No no disagreement here. Um, on the rest of the show... Uh, that's beyond... a dull fart ending to his show. I, I know, especially considering you just had Bad Bunny winning with the Puerto Rico crowd losing their mind, but... That's foolish. I that's. I guess know. they were just like, look, we're going to have a man of noted Hispanic heritage go over in the main event, so we should put that in the finish. <laughs> Sir. What? He's part Cuban. He talked about it when he talked about how he's going to save America and beat Anthony Agogo. Uh, God. Bianca Belair retained the Raw Women's Championship over EO Sky. EO Sky was very much wanted by the crowd to win. Oh, okay. And uh, I will say someone noticed that uh, Kyrie, of all people, was liking some shady tweets about the fact that Bianca won that belt. So, oh. <laughs> Stardom nice. girls, stay tight for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth Rollins defeated Omos. Uh, Austin okay. Theory defeated Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley. Um, oh, wow. Rhea Ripley uh, defended over Zelina Vega. Zelina was over huge in Puerto Sure. Sure. Um, she even wore uh, Puerto Rican flag gear, um, so people lost their minds for her. Uh, she got the uh, old WWE, you lost, but you're going to get a standing ovation in the end right. moment. She got that. Then, of course, it was the street fight. 25 minutes for that. Wow. Uh, and uh, we had the um, six-man tag match of uh, Solo, Jimmy Oso, and Jay Oso uh, against Matt Riddle. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Bloodline goes over. Shock of oh. shocks. Fall Guy Matt Riddle. Yep. Fall Guy Matt Riddle. And then Cody and Brock was the main event. And uh, now we are heading toward the Night of Champions Blood Money Extravaganza. Oh. In Saudi Arabia, where we're going to be crowning the first WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Wink first. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing. Two triple threat matches on Raw, where the winners will face each other in the main event to determine who from the Raw side is going to be in it. Okay. And then SmackDown, two triple threat matches with the winners going against each other in the main event. So it'll be the Raw guy versus the SmackDown guy for the belt that's only supposed to be on Raw. So, Cody. I guess. the Again, the only person who's really made a stink about it in promo so far is Seth Rollins. Oh, so was he drafted to Raw? Uh, he he stayed on Raw. Which stayed on Raw. It's funny that you say that because this week, because the draft is finished, as he is wont to do, Dave Meltzer did a breakdown of what Raw and SmackDown look like post draft. Okay, and I just want to point out how sad the main event scene is right now on both shows. Okay, all right. So for Raw, here are your men's. Babyface main eventers. Okay. Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, and Seth Rollins. Okay. Your main event men's heels are Gunther. Who's the Intercontinental Champion? Yes. So, okay, and that's it. That's it. Okay. Now, if you look at the mid card for faces and heels, you got Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura as like. You know, the upper mid-card guys. And then on the heel side, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Finn Balor. So, 
Mm. Bronson Reed and Judgment Day is all yeah. we have as possible next up guys to go against, I guess, Cody or Seth. I mean, you could put Finn Balor up in the next level up, I feel. Maybe not recently, but yeah. in terms of, you know, appeal and uh, history and experience. Fair, fair. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's not much better on the women. No Dolph Ziggler happening in? Uh, well, Dolph is one of the people who is a free agent. Uh-huh. Which means they could be on Raw or SmackDown. Brock Lesnar is also one of those free Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Women's main event for Raw. Becky Lynch for the babyface side okay. and the heel side, Rhea Ripley and Trish Stratus. Wow. All right. That's what they got. Uh, and then over on the SmackDown side, your men's mi- main event babyfaces are Bobby Lashley and Edge. Okay. Who's likely event, retiring soon? Your main event heels, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Austin Theory. Wow. Solo making the, the main event uh, by association here. Yeah. Uh, main event women, Oscar, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte Flair for SmackDown. Uh huh. Main event women's heel, Bailey. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. We, when you look at the lower card, I get why they they split some of these things, but also like on the tag team side, yeah, there are a lot of tag teams on both shows. The tag titles are on both shows. Dude, I don't know. Why are we trying to make sense of this? Makes no sense to me. Makes no yeah. sense to me at all. Of course it doesn't. Why well, have, but again, as as we go along, let's very quickly jump into... New Japan Pro Wrestling, which this week had the Wrestling Dantaku show, uh-huh. which is notable mostly for some of the big moves that happened to build up to the Dominion show next month. Dominion, right. always one of their bigger shows. Um, so in terms of the title matches, because really, why would I go over all the little multi-mans? Uh, we had Hikaleo win the strong open weight title over Kenta. Okay. So I guess there'll be more Hikaleo in the U.S. Zack Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb went to a time limit draw for the New Japan World Television title. Okay. So I assume we're going to see that again. And they did not do that thing where... Like, oh, he's about to tap out by the time it expired. Like they, like they were mid, like, mid, right uh, sequence. Yeah, I, I thought that was clever. Um, the All Star Trio of Kazuchika Okada, Tamahiro Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi are your new never openweight six man champions. Okay, feeding the strong style trio of El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Ren Narita. Hmm. David Finley won the never openweight championship over Tamatanga. Okay. And Sonata defeated Hiromo Takahashi to retain the IWGP World Heavyweight title in the main event. This is mostly notable for what happened afterwards. Yeah, a big return, or, or a return. Yes. A uh, physically big return. Yes, as Yoda Suji yeah. made his return from uh, his, excursion. Uh, his, his excursion to the UK and promptly put himself into the main event, yeah. hitting Sonata with an absolute beast of a spear. Yeah. And then he posted up the fist as he is the newest member of LIJ. Hell yeah, brother. Big beefy boys got to stick together. Yeah. And, uh, and Bushi. He will, yes. <laughs> he will be in the main event of Dominion going against Sonata. 
See, Master Watto, that's how you make a re-debut. Yeah. Okay. Don't dye your hair and let them have a photo of you where you look like an absolute dingus. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's avoidable with that face. He's got a dingusy face. At least y- Yano does as well, but Yano's the comedy guy, so he kind of leans into it. But, you know, uh, Master Watto is supposed to be taken seriously, which is just impossible. Yeah. He's just a special boy. Yeah. He's a Costanza. Like, that's he's that's the best, <laughs> you know. I've never watched Seinfeld, but I, I can just tell. you never watched Seinfeld? I've never watched Seinfeld. Wow. Yeah, no, it was oh, never. Yeah, well, well, you know, you watch Succession, and then maybe I'll start going back to, to Seinfeld. Okay. Maybe. Hey, look, with this writer strike, I'm going to need stuff to watch. <laughs> anyway, the uh, rest of the card for Dominion, uh, David Finlay will be defending the Never Open Weight title against El Fantasmo as uh, Fantasmo looks to get revenge after being booted out of the Bullet Club by David Finlay. Mm-hmm. Aussie Open will be defending the IWGP Tag Team titles against Evil and Yujiro Takahashi Ugh. and Bishamon of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi in a triple threat. Okay. Get the rematch for the NW, uh, NJPW World Television title, Zack Sabre Jr. defending against Jeff Cobb. Okay. Uh, the finals of the mini tournament to find out who will uh, be getting the future U.S. title match. It'll be Lance Archer against either Tanahashi or Will Ospreay, but I think they showed their hand because Tanahashi is also booked for a defense of the never six-man titles. <laughs> it will be Tanahashi... Okada and Ishii defending against the returning John Moxley, Shota Amino, oh, and a mystery partner who Moxley says will be from the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Okay. I assume it's Yuta. It'd be great if it was Claudio. Oh, yeah. Or Brian. But with Brian, like, better odds. We're going to be doing, Claudio like, cartwheels in the yeah, street. Yeah. Yuta is the one who I kind of assume because yeah. also. Probably eating the fall. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you kind of want to protect Shooter here. Yeah, unless they're going to put the never six-man belts on the BCC, which would be very interesting. I mean, then you could run, if you're not going to do uh, Omega and Osprey as the main event of Forbidden Door, you could do the Elite against uh, Mox, Shooter, and Yuta for the never six-man belts. Yeah. Would be interesting. I would watch that match. Yeah, could be pretty fucking cool. Um, or you know, just go absolutely crazy and do Omega, uh, Takeshita, and Abushi against the Beasts. But you know, that's that's just me getting a little horned up for the possibility of Abushi <laughs> popping up. <laughs> I've already taken my pants off, so damn right. Uh, but yeah, so much in wrestling this week. Did is there anything we forgot to cover, Chris? Um. Didn't uh, Impact have a show? Yeah, I guess they did, but, you know, who really bothers to watch that? Tree Falls in the Wood. (laughs) If a tree falls in the Josh Alexander. Does anyone even notice? Poor Josh. R.I.P. Josh, we love you, bud. Is he dead? The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Podcast. House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay.
Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. Hello there. Are you on the hill of a recent face turn, but find that the audience isn't buying your recent and sudden change of heart? Are you concerned that your newfound good guy status won't get over and you'll be relegated to permanent mid-card status? Well, you're not alone. Hundreds of wrestlers each year find themselves switching allegiances, joining new factions, and pairing up with tag team partners, unsure if they made the right decision. That's where I come in. I'm Dr. Ron Funches, and I run About Faces Gimmick Adjustment Services. Come in today for a no-cost evaluation, and we'll plan your next step together. Meet with our on-site tailor to discuss new tights, or speak with our one-on-one slogan coach to come up with a new catchphrase that'll have the internet buzzing. It's time to put some syrup on that flapjack. At About Faces, face turns are what we do, and we do them well. Now get out there and give that handicapped kids in the front row your glasses.